0: It's recording? It doesn't tell me it's recording. No, it no. doesn't. Wait, Seems like there, a- it, there it is. Oh. So. A little delayed. Derp. All right. I'll just wait a second and I'll kick it off. We are back with another episode of Do The Woo podcast. Episode number 16. I'm the lesser half of your hosting team. Brad Williams, and I'm joined by, I'm a better half, Mr. Bob WP. Bob.
1: Hey. I've never been called a better half, you know, it's, um, this is a first, so I'm going to, I'm going to turn up the volume just when you said that part, <laughs> and then we'll just kind of go back we'll down. just put it on a quick level, loop. So. Yeah. So, so, so I will, I'm um, in that for a moment and, um, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and think I'm, I'm the better half, at least for the time being, <laughs> at least for the next 20 to 30 minutes or so. We'll let you have that, Bob. I'm really Thank excited
0: because we have a, a, a brilliant guy on the show, a friend of mine I've known for a number of years. Mario, what's going on, Mario? Thanks for joining us today. Hey, hey,
2: thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, and yeah, been chilling here at the office, just waiting for the right time to start a podcast, and I'm super stoked to spend the late afternoon also with Mara, who's kind of sleeping next to me. Mara! Um, <laughs> to show up here again as you can always, see. Uh, it's always close up. by. Of course. Yeah she's protecting the couch here apparently. That's a good doggy. Uh,
0: yeah and you don't do enough videos you're not really online enough so we're excited to bring you here. I'm just kidding. If if, if you follow Mario I you know he puts out some amazing content um, and some really interesting ways too um, which is cool. Maybe we'll dig into that a little bit but before we get into that why don't you tell everyone who you are what you do. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah absolutely. So I am the CEO of a WordPress agency called Devrix, we are 40 plus people, tackling all sorts of enterprise-grade WordPress gigs, uh, dealing with large publishers and handling hundreds of millions of pages a month, also working with fast-paced startups, usually those that get funding and say, okay, what should we do, investors are really pressing us big time that we need to launch stuff every single freaking week, and that's kind of what we do for the most part. Um, I am a WordPress core contributor since version 3.7, I believe, and have been doubling into WordPress since two point two thousand and six, I think. Uh, So yeah, I've been around for a while, dealt with all sorts of community stuff here and there, Uh, worked as a freelancer and consultant for a while, then kind of grew the agencies simply because I wanted to deal with different kind of stuff on the surface. Uh, in addition to that, I love writing, so uh, you can find some of my stuff on sites that you have probably stumbled upon, Forbes, Huffington Post, Inc., Entrepreneur, and a bunch of other uh, among a series with different other niche-slash-vertical-related business journals. So this is kind of one of my hobbies, and as you said, I've been trying to deal with the video for a while. It's not really bringing the best out of me, especially with that Arabic beard that seems scary at the airports every now and then. Uh, But this is something that I've been enjoying as well and trying to record more. So always open to new topic suggestions for videos that I can be helpful with.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, like I mentioned, we're friends and we actually talk quite a bit. We share strategies and business advice and challenges. Um, It's great just to have kind of that back channel uh, with someone in the industry, you know, similar agencies. But one Mm -hmm. thing that's always struck me, and I know we've talked about this quite a bit, is you mentioned the content piece. But I think... From my perspective, you you do it a little bit different than I think a lot of people out there. You like to not only push content on your own websites, obviously on your company site and on your personal site, but you push content through like good content through a lot of different channels, like LinkedIn. Uh, I know you're real big on Cora, I believe, still. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe touch on that a little bit, like why you've decided to do that versus just keeping all the content within your own your own sites and your own platform.
2: Of course. So once upon a time, when I was actually familiarizing myself with open source in the first place, I was pretty happy with the idea of open source, right? And, but in the WordPress context and PHP development, it's mostly about code. It's rarely about open sourcing knowledge, about open sourcing, say, training materials or designs or anything like this. So I really wanted to expand on that and kind of build a culture of open source in the true form of open source, like share as much as possible, as best as possible, as broad as possible. And you know, someone may pick it up and actually learn from you and, and become a better person. And who knows what's going to happen in five, 10, 20 years from now, right? Um, back in 2006, I started training technical courses for certain private universities here and colleges and even high schools. and now, 20, 13 years later, it's, it's really making a difference, right? I see people running RD departments with 200 people actually teaching stuff. I, I taught them a decade ago and, and just kind of carrying the same torch like the Olympics, right? Just, just bringing the same knowledge over and over and over again and scaling it. So uh, previously, when I was doing that, the, the caveat of this was being kind of training all that on site. And just reaching 20 people 50 people 100 people no more than 200 people because you can hardly gather more than 200 people in a classroom or a university hall so i said i really want to like obviously people love this stuff and whatnot so i really want to share more and what are the best places to do that and since video wasn't all that popular back in the day and you now you had bandwidth and pixelated 0.3 megapixel images and all that jazz I said okay let's start with writing and let's just start pushing more and more and more and more content and start aggregating it into in certain verticals and and just that's essentially how it, how it started about a decade ago and Lately, over the past two or three years, I've just been retransitioning all my WordPress content that I've been writing and said, okay, like, let's scale it to more digital consulting and business strategy and business advice, both for agencies, both for clients, both for entrepreneurs and, and kind of freelancers, and everyone who's kind of trying to scale a business, dealing with all the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis, which is a broad set of problems. It's sales and marketing and recruitment, business strategy, technology, revenue, a bunch of different topics, right? So sooner or later, some of my you mentioned that I've been uh, more or less active on Quora. Uh, the Quora media staff started reposting some of my stuff on Forbes and Huffington Post. Uh, at the same time, I had several publications on Entrepreneur, and this is how I started pitching some of my pieces here and there on. Recruiter on Publishing Executive and some of the other magazines handling millions or tens of millions in traffic every single month, and and simply try to to break them down into reasonable segments, into mini-series, so to speak, tackling different challenges that we've been dealing with internally. And this way, I'm both educating pretty much everyone who's interested in reading that in the first place. I'm using this as training resources for my team. For my team or for onboarding new people and everything else. And this is kind of, kind of how I'm making my life easier because I'm just channeling all this knowledge into content. And this is kind of expanding the reach through all of those different journals, not just being our company website or my website or Medium blog or anything else. I said Medium on a WordPress podcast.
0: <laughs> we'll allow it we'll allow it but yeah i mean, like you mentioned you know the 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 idea of open source we were first getting to into as very developer heavy uh content topics out there which is definitely true uh the, the the reason i love this is because you're giving back knowledge right so you're still sharing your knowledge and experiences and being very open and vulnerable about it too like you're you're, you're out there saying, look, I don't have all the answers. This is what I've tried, and maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. I'm still tweaking it. But So from the idea of giving back, you are giving back in, in the open source mentality, just in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're also promoting yourself and promoting your business. So there's so many wins to this approach. Um, I, I'm a big believer in content, too. We've been, you know, our blog at Web Dev Studios um, for a long time, you know, we've been pushing content. Um, it's a great way to share what we're doing. It's a great way to give back. It's a great way to get our team a break from client services and write about maybe a new technology or something they're, they're playing with. Um, and obviously it's helped our business grow. Um, now I'm definitely very interested, like as we've discussed, like looking at some different platforms rather than the mentality of everything has to be on your site mm-hmm. to expand into things like LinkedIn, which has some really amazing content. And some of your stuff on LinkedIn is, you know, pretty much viral with the amount of <laughs> like likes and shares and, and, uh, you know comments and engagement that I've seen it's 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 pretty amazing so are you seeing are you seeing that we're not only like I don't think it correct me wrong your intention is to use it only to get business like you enjoy doing it you enjoy giving back but there's an added benefit of business kind of walking in the door are you real are you seeing a, a value to that from the business perspective
2: yeah um, so I can't say it's all about tourism and just being, you know, 100% completely open, doing 100% open source work and stuff like that. Because I used to do that for three or four years, and to be completely honest, I was more or less miserable. I was spending 90% of my time completely on open source and giving away and support forums and stuff like that, and it was not really profitable. As everyone says, you know, you can't show your a badge of credentials and commits and go to the supermarket and say, hey, look how many I've got, right? And say, well, excellent. you got to pay in cash or card, right? You can pick one. So, I mean, I'm really all about giving away, but I'm also very cautious with regards to the fact that you need to help yourself first before you can help everyone else. So, for the most part, I made I've made myself a promise to help myself and the company first, make sure that we are profitable and that we are moving forward. And once we got a certain, let's say, profit margin, we can spend, we can spend all the other time on uh, you know, creating tutorials or building open source software or going to conferences, sponsoring, attending, speaking, whatever it is, right? Just making sure that we meet the needs, so to speak, at the end of the month, which is extremely important. So going back to the company itself, Content has helped me get some business, which makes a lot of sense. Because with so many agencies and freelancers and vendors and everything else out there, it's so hard to actually figure out who's doing the best job out there, especially when it's a service business. Because with products, it's kind of okay. You know, you can get, you know, a friend buys a BMW or a Mercedes, and you like the car, and you know that when you're going to you know, when you go to BMW or Mercedes, when you buy the very same car you're getting 99.99% the same quality. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really easy. With services, it's so unique that you can't really make sure that you're going to even get the same type of quality even if you get a recommendation or a referral because it's, it's so, so different. You don't really have processes that are so well set in stone that every single person who starts is following everything to the T. It just doesn't work like this. Um, I've heard lots of stories from people going to, let's say, big PR firms or advertising agencies and they say, well, you know, I'm a small contract for them, which is why they're assigning me to assistants and interns and folks like this. So I'm not really seeing the value out of the big business because they have so many employees and, you know, someone has to train the interns, right? And they basically get real-life production projects from people who can't afford paying the big bucks for the senior partners and essentially, they're working with uh, college graduates or something like that to, to get the job done. So there's this, this balance that even if you have the brand, it's different. So since we're a smaller agency, again, we are 40 people. We are not, you know, HP or IBM or something like that, or let alone Microsoft or Google of the world. So since we're a small team, I really want to outline the way I think and my processes and my vision and the way I see things and the way we do things at Derrick's. So that it pretty much helps everyone. It helps uh, prospects decide on whether they're in alignment with what we share as goals and missions and purposes. It helps uh, possible employees of ours. It helps people who we actually employ but don't meet me on a day-to-day basis. So it's really strengthening everything into one single bit, uh, which, is, which is what we call employer branding. You know, it's important for the senior leadership or whatever you want to call it to just be as transparent as possible so that everyone who is interested in the political aspect of things, they can decide on whether they support the role or does or don't and essentially make the final decision. Hmm. Yeah, to to
0: kind of bring this back around uh, to WooCommerce, um, you know, I I do think, in my opinion, I think content is great in any industry, right? So if you're, whether you're like in the services business or I mean, Bob, that is your gig is content, but also in the product space. Like if you're selling a product, whether it's digital or physical, um, there's a huge value to content beyond just the content on the product page. Right. Of course. Um, you know, I you could speak to that a little bit, or even Bob, if you have some thoughts around that in terms of how people that are running WooCommerce scores can actually leverage some of these ideas and, and some way you're doing from the, from the content side of the house.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I was actually going to ask, uh, Mario, cause, uh, Uh, I know he's on LinkedIn quite a bit and a lot. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say quite a bit. And I've been on there more than I have been in the past few years. I'm actually doing a local WooCommerce meetup tonight about creating a content strategy. That's one of the things I was curious about LinkedIn. What I'm finding is I I look at it and I think, okay, how can, you know, store owners, especially, you know, especially people that sell products, how can they... Uh, really use LinkedIn and what I'm seeing more and more on LinkedIn that seems to really be working on uh, videos, basically showing very cool products and how they're being either manufactured, uh, how they're being used. I mean, these aren't the, your your PR type of videos. These are just very in-depth. In fact, I find myself watching more of them than I never ever thought I would only because they hold my interest, and it's like wow, you know. So, so I'm seeing a lot more of that on LinkedIn, and that where is where I think on that platform the value obviously is because I also see those particular videos are being shared a lot. What's what's your thoughts on that, Mario?
2: Absolutely. Um, and mentioning the how video really helps promoting products is definitely extremely helpful. Uh, I do like that kind of reminds me. I just have a, a a hoodie out there in the other room, which I bought, and I actually dealt with the custom because it was shipping overseas, and it was a really tough adventure for me to just get a, a couple of hoodies. But I saw a hoodie that an influencer that I followed on LinkedIn was wearing, so I just texted him, "Love your hoodie. I really want to get one. Just send me a link." And he said. Well, you know, I actually know the guys and, you know, I'm in their affiliate program or whatever. Here's a 20% coupon. Just grab however many you want. And I bought three or four of them. Extremely awesome. I'm going to show you photos later. Just I don't really want to run right now in the middle of the show. But extremely awesome and something that I got inspired by thanks to uh, LinkedIn video. On the other hand, I, I saw someone on LinkedIn who really made professional badass videos. And looking at the comments, it seemed like he's a a YouTube rock star with hundreds of thousands of subscribers from YouTube. And he was teaching people how to make videos and, and, and do all that jazz. So I followed his YouTube channel as well. And he inspired my decision for buying a mirrorless camera for my stuff that's great for vlogging and all that jazz, for the right type of lenses available for this. and Essentially, I'm following his advice using his affiliate links and everything else because I see him as an influencer because... He has really helped me understand and, and taught me some stuff that I didn't know in a way that made sense, in a way that's backed up by social, which is, again, very important, uh, by having all the commenters and all the other subscribers and just building credibility towards that. And especially with – so there are kind of three different types of stores, so to speak. Like I would say some of them are enterprise, you know, just being the IBMs IP, uh, through HPs piece of the world selling uh, custom stuff. And it's really, for them, it's really important to establish the brand because otherwise nobody's going to, to buy their specific stuff, right? Uh, when I get a, a Cisco router, I know that this is Cisco. I know their academy. I have people in my office who have graduated CCNAs and CCNPs and all the other certificates for networking, and I know that their stuff is good and expensive and good, but they have a brand, and that's why I'm using their store. Then the second category is... Um, uh, kind of consumer products that's completely b2c uh but then again custom stuff say books or mp or stock photos or things like that and then again it's similar to the enterprise great but linkedin is probably not the best place there but just doing review videos or how how do they call them the box opening unboxing the unboxing videos for just showcasing how it's packaged and how, look it, uh, how cool it looks like and things like that. Or if you take a look at Shark Tank, you know, packaging is so important, really just the way you market the product, even if you're selling something that's already widely available. Just putting a, a, a letter box or something like that that makes it look so much better. And then you have kind of the third category, which is uh, sh- stores selling the type of stuff that's available pretty much everywhere else. I'm talking about computers or other types of accessories or smartphones or cameras again. And then it gets a little bit tricky, but again, branding can help you convey your message as to what exactly makes you unique, what exactly makes you different. Like, do you ship, just as an example, we do have uh, three telecoms here locally and one of them, they have a pretty solid contract with Apple, right? So they always ship they allow you to pre-order Apple stuff and whatnot. The other brand, they work with Samsung. And the third brand, I think, works with Huawei or someone else, right? But you know that they have specific unique proposition. If you're an Apple fan, you probably have a contract with the first one. If you're a Samsung fan, you can get the second one and get the v, uh, VR stuff and then get the DeX to turn your phone into a computer and all that jazz. You know, they're uh, hooking you up into an entire ecosystem, which makes the brand different than the other two brands. And again, same with stores. Are you working specifically with a certain vendor that makes you unique? You get probably better discounts or you get stuff sooner or you don't have to wait for a month for something to get shipped. Or do you have the cheapest, I don't know, accessories? Or do you work with a local, you know, various artists brand, underground folks who do custom handmade packaging for you? Again, YouTube and content and everything else help you tell the story and establish your unique selling proposition Making people buy from you as compared to everyone else,
1: right, yeah, and I think I found that on LinkedIn, and maybe one of the the draws there for me is that they find very interesting products that people have you know I mean amazing stuff, and they're also the videos are done professionally, and not that you have to do that, but I noticed that that really has more of an impact the story when they're telling it to me okay. than you know some somebody just maybe jumping over on YouTube and looking at somebody else talking about the same product in their office or something. So there, there is a real difference there on what's they're finding or what people value on LinkedIn versus other platforms. But it's interesting. And yeah, I have a, a, an hour to tell people how to do a content strategy with WooCommerce that I just, you'll appreciate this. I just pushed out today a, a 4k word article on how to create a content strategy and that it you know it just kept going and going and going and it was like oh uh, okay i gotta stop here i, I didn't even get in depth with it so so um but it's yeah it's it's definitely interesting you can turn it into email series. yeah
2: just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got lots of plans for it it's it's i, I think it'll be one of those cornerstone you know hey Awesome. You know, you
0: know the best thing about having someone on this show that does a lot of content, a lot of video, you can just tee up a topic and let them go, and it's uh, yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> so that was all uh, some really great information, Mario. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. But let's uh, let's go ahead and move into some topics as we've got a couple on the list, don't we, Bob? We want to uh, where we want to go. We'll talk about the new dashboard.
1: Yeah, we can talk about that. It's I think it's interesting that uh, I'm going to call that up here because I have it over on my other. Screen here. Oh, where did it go here? But it, it looks like they're they're doing some a little bit better reporting with the new WooCommerce admin uh, for the central dashboard. Um, they say 14 unique data points, and I think it's just the fact that those will be available. I I you know I mean there's you know there's other services that get into a lot more and get into the abandoned carts and have beyond you know uh, as far as um like um I always say it wrong meteoric 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 is that right meteoric you, you know what I'm talking about, talking <laughs> about. <laughs> so anyway those kind of things I I and I just think this yeah this just is I mean I think it's it's good basic basic data i'll be putting a link in there and probably a lot of people maybe have already seen it but the um, new reports that are going to be available at least in the admin area um you know it's a,
2: it's a good touch
0: yeah i like it i mean i think as a you know store owner one of the most important thing is the data the reports the sales the products like just the more data the better so you can really understand your customers and what's working and what's not working and you know get rid of the products that aren't selling and and keep pushing the products that are and um, you know, any way to kind of highlight that in a way that's easy easier to consume because that is tough, uh, especially if you have a big store and a lot of traffic and a lot of customers, like, it's, or even Google Analytics, like you start digging into just basic analytics and it, it gets overwhelming very quickly. Like, what is the data I should actually care about? Um, mm-hmm. So j- just kind of enhancing this to the point, um, more information is more customizable so you can kind of focus on the data points that that you care about. Exports a lot of filters, so people can and you know other plugins and services can can uh, tap into this. It looks really nice. I also like the you know the feature plugin idea because it just helps things iterate faster. Mm -hmm. You just install the plugin, Mm -hmm. test it out, play with it. They can push up versions as as they're ready. They don't have to wait for new versions of WooCommerce. So it helps big features like this really come to life much quicker. To be honest, so um, I think.
2: I also do like quite a lot of the new activity panel, to be honest. This is one of the secret add-ons of the dashboard, so to speak, but it really helps just ke- uh, having something like push notifications and even probably just having an add-on that taps into your phone and just sends a notification, hey, uh, you know, your quota of this product is nearly over, so, you know, just call your warehouse and ask for additional supply and stuff like that. So this is something that's extremely nice because so far it's it's a bit tricky to just track all your products and probably order by quantity or something like that. And and this activity panel really makes a, a difference, yeah. makes it a living dashboard of sorts.
0: Yeah, that is cool. I mean, there's one notification I will never uh, not get tired of hearing on a phone is when a sale comes in and just ding, 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 or like a cash register. Yeah. Like if yeah. that's going on all day long, awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the easier we can make that, the better.
1: Yeah. All right. So what's next? Well, do we dare? Um, We're just going to 3.6 is coming out. WooCommerce and uh, WP Tavern did an article. Of course, they weren't the only one. There was like five billion other places that did Mm -hmm. uh, talked about this a little bit plus others related subjects, but it was around the uh, marketplace suggestions uh, that it was. And I think what's, what's cool is if you go through the history of this and, you know, not that, but is that other thing jetpack? we will uh, we could talk about that but specifically this at least they it looks like they listened to their uh yeah listened before they actually you know put it out and people were talking about it in the beta and then through the the rcs and stuff but um yeah it's it's a it's a touchy subject and it it did cause a little bit of a uh Tension amongst the community. I think the WooCommerce. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to Brad and um, let you let you take it from there. What What are your um, deep thoughts from Brad Williams?
0: Uh, yeah. I, I love how I love how dramatic WP Tavern is in one of the most unpopular changes in the history of WooCommerce. Um, I mean, you know, on one hand, I get what they're trying to do, but I think the way they implement it was really silly. Like to yeah. put like product extension or extension suggestions on the product edit screen makes zero sense. Like, like it literally, like it mentions in the article, a lot of people vented. It just kills the workflow. Floating in your products, mm-hmm. and now these kind of ads basically are popping up, and you could—they call it dismissing, but it's more like snoozing. They'll show back up later. Like you had to put a filter in to completely kill it. Like it just it seemed like it was an obvious one that was going to get pushed back on. And I'm sure they had internal conversations knowing there would be some pushback, but went ahead and talked about it and, and we're going to implement it until uh, it got a little too noisy. So I think it was just kind of an obvious misstep, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I don't, you know, obviously WooCommerce has a um, monetary advantage to, or, or, you know, Reason for wanting to do something like that—you put more extensions in front of the users' faces. They're more likely to purchase something. They can make more money. But I think if this is what they're trying to do, I think there's a better way to do it. Like putting it on—really, any any kind of ads or anything on the the content screens, whether it's a post or a product or anything—is is a bad spot. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're interfering with the workflow at that point. Um, not to say other plugins don't do that. I'm sure some do, but it's not, it's not a good look, you know, and for something as big as WooCommerce, that's an automatic property. Um, it's just a misstep. So I'm glad to see that they listened to the feedback and decided to remove it rather than just kind of forcefully push it on everyone, even though there's a lot of negative feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully they've learned their lesson. I guess we'll see. Um, My, my assumption is it will come back in a different form at some point. Um, in some other, maybe on the settings page or on the product, or I'm sorry, on the plugins page or something like that. Um, But we probably haven't seen the last of it. Oh, yeah. You got, you got yeah. thoughts, Mario?
1: Let's hear.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I completely, 100% agree with you. And I definitely think that it was really killing the user experience. I really don't buy that they certainly said, oh, actually, this is violating some stuff. We're so sorry about that. I mean, come on, they're not an uh, inexperienced team of three people or something like that. We all know why they did it and what their intention was. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a push by a junior or something like that. We all know what was the the reason behind that. But again, if, if it was a plugin with say 500 or, I don't know, 10,000 installations, now a kind of a third party vendor just s- selling extensions to their own stuff into a settings page that's just promoting other add-ons to their product, that's kind of one thing. But WooCommerce is you know the leading e-commerce plugin out there uh, without any doubt. And since they have the marketplace that's leading all Uh, I don't know, extension sales in the uh, WooCommerce ecosystem, then cherry picking certain extensions that they happen to provide to the broad audience and suppressing the rest of the market is really what pisses me off the most. Um, Essentially, it's really kind of one of the problems with WordPress in general. And and again, kind of the WordPress.org versus automatic thing, it's really how everything affects The rest of the ecosystem, right? And if you take a look again at Automatic, they have WordPress.com, which is competing with some of the uh, site builders out there, right? Obviously, because they have a hosted, ready to go, free solution, yada, yada, yada. Then they have WooCommerce, which is competing with Easy Digital Downloads and Marketplace, uh, Marketpress, the two Marketpresses actually, and BigCommerce and a bunch of other solutions too. Our Card 76 or whatever was it. Then you have hosting companies they have. Then you have Jetpack that has uh, a multitude of features. And suddenly it, it becomes a little bit weird when Jetpack adds something and then WooCommerce adds something and then this adds something and it it starts to become a little bit weird for the rest of the ecosystem to coexist with WordPress as a product if they don't really know what sort of stuff will show up in WordPress through Jetpack or through WooCommerce or through something else like a like recommended hosting vendors to wordpress.org that uh, really have to pre-install Jetpack and and stuff like that. So that's essentially the most problematic thing that I see in all that transition, which is kind of the bigger picture of how uh, Automatic and the other brands owned by Automatic in a certain capacity affect the rest of the WordPress world.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And I... I, I, I sit back and I'm not gonna go into this too deep, but my my thing is the audience <laughs> Yeah. I, I I do have a lot of thoughts. I'm not gonna share probably ninety percent of them. But my you know, I spent you know almost 20 years in the prior, normal business sector. And I call it normal, I call it outside open source before I stepped into WordPress. So these things don't quite Affect me in the same way that it affects a majority of the inner community because I I'm still on that 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 thought wave of business, so I don't always it's it's hard for me to sometimes step back and say okay we're in open source I know this there's these volunteers there's all these things going on so I have a lot of stuff that I want to say on Twitter that I decide not to say because I don't you know because I, I know exactly what it'll do. But at the same time, it's just, it's, I, I and for me, it is, it's, it, it becomes overwhelming these things. And I understand, I understand it from the percep from the um, perspective of others, especially all the other plug-in developers and everybody that's looking at it and going, Whoa. And then there's another part of me that says, Hey, you know, it's business as usual, which probably is a cop out. And people would say, yeah, Bob, that's the problem. Well, you know, Hey, I've been there, done this a long time, so so I am not gonna you know, delve on that too much. But um, it it does give me a lot of different. I think I, I sometimes I wish some of the people that are in open source, and, uh, especially a lot of the people, would have experienced in outside of open source for the same amount of time. 'Cause I think sometimes you would have a little bit different perspective on some things. It wouldn't make anything right, but it would also make it a little bit more understandable how some approaches are tried or attempted. And hey, yeah, stuff hits a fan, you know, and um and it, it turns into the you know, the snowball it often is. But But it's yeah, it's I, I sit back and I just um I you know, Watch that's the why chaos. I like, yeah, I, 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 I create content. It's like, okay, I've heard enough of this. Let me go back to that content. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: I, I just need to lead by example, I think, is the short answer for me. Like, you look at WooCommerce, you look at Jetpack. These are major plugins that are used by millions of websites, you know? And if they're doing stuff like this, it's kind of telling everybody, "Oh yeah, it's okay." So imagine if all the other plugins start doing stuff like yeah. this. You know, it's not okay, and it would be an awful experience for for WordPress users, and ultimately would hurt WordPress as a whole. So, you know, lead by example. When you're at the top, you have a certain responsibility um, to you know to do things the right way, so that we can yeah. all we you know or we can yeah. all follow you know. Uh, mm. So
1: yeah so interesting good stuff you know every, everybody's got and I, I think there's some good points are brought up but um mm-hmm. but so let's uh one more quick thing, and I don't know if you guys have anything uh yoast uh when we're recording this, they just came out with uh their newest release, and uh there, there seems to be a push on um oh push on schema and schema. Schema and you know I'm I'm somebody that I've used those for so long and I I, I think I understand it and then I think I don't but um, as far as WooCommerce I know that probably plays into a lot I don't know if either one of you have any thoughts on you know yes this is very cool this is um, makes a lot of sense uh, any any uh, in, in deep thoughts on that either one of you. Yeah. um,
0: So schema, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically, you know, markup uh, you can use within your pages to basically structure data, you know, in a way that other platforms can interact with that data. Um, It's, you know, it's very similar, like having structured, you know, like RSS is a structured format for syndicating content Um, schema in terms of WooCommerce world, by and large, is for your product data. And it's how things like Google will pull in your product data into search results, can pull in reviews uh, and review data and ratings into search results. Sometimes you might see a product in Google and it has like a four and a half out of five stars. Well, how do they know that? It's because the product pages have proper schema markup for those products and for those reviews. It gives them a structured uh, language or structured content that they can go grab and they know how to parse it very clearly. They know how to understand that versus taking all the gibberish on the page and trying to figure it out which is what has happened in years past. A a good example I tell people is like Pinterest. If you ever go to Pinterest, pull up a recipe on Pinterest, it pops up on Pinterest and says, hey, here's the actual recipe. It shows you the recipe like on Pinterest in the hover. That means that they have recipe schema data on the actual recipe post on their page because uh, Pinterest and other sites to grab that very clearly and show it on their site. Um, so basically, Yoast is tackling the problem with when there's a lot of different schema markup on a page, what happens? It becomes kind of a jumbled mess. Um, they put some examples in there and it gets a little technical, but it's just sure they're putting a little more nested structure around it to kind of say, hey, this is you know this is all the schema markup. maybe there's seven different you know groups of schema markup on the page. This is what it means. this is how it's related. The, the clear example they give is sometimes when you have a product and a lot of um, related products, uh, Google and others could get confused on what the actual product for the page is. They might think a related product is the product of the page when it's not. Um, so they basically, you know, made that super clear. What is the actual main entity or the main product on the page? What's the the other stuff? So by and large, it's really a, a huge, it's a big update and it's pr- pretty much behind the scenes. It's one of those things that I don't think there's much, if anything, they have to do for it to work and just have, uh, take advantage of it. So, yeah, it's a great update by Yoast. Um, and if you're not familiar with schema, you know, check out schema.org. There's a lot of information about it. Um, you can look at the different uh, types uh, that are available for different types of content. Um,
2: and if it makes sense for your website, you
0: should look at in- implementing
2: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to add on top of what Brad just said, I think it's really, I think it's really important to implement all sorts of microdata that's parsed by Google in order to increase the size of your Google search result, right? And and again, Pinterest was a good example. Uh, There are a bunch of other snippets that you can actually see on Google, like rating and reviews is one of them. Other suggested page for the same website is another one, which could be categories, could be other key leading pages. Uh, For recipes, this could be the preparation time, and, and so on. It's really Google is trying to get smarter and provide more information in a contextual manner even before people actually land onto your website. So the more Google real estate you can occupy, the better for you because you're more prominent and you get a higher chance that people actually land on your website compared to other websites. Another thing that's interesting, even though it's probably uh, sci-fi to some extent, at least for for us WordPress users and site owners, is voice search is really rising big time and with with Alexa and Echo Dot and all their other resources uh, more and more households are actually acquiring Alexa devices in addition to a bunch of others and of course Alexa being called by Amazon is going to compete with a bigger fraction of WooCommerce business owners who are trying to sell fair and square to their audience. But again, Alexa being probably the leading manufacturer of voice search home health, uh, home devices uh, is, is, is going to make it really trickier. So your other option more or less is having a Google Home or Cortana or Siri or something else that's not really Amazon driven that is parsing this schema more data and ranking you higher simply because you have more information provided to the user and increasing your chances for customers to uh, start, well, essentially to land on your product as compared to others. Uh, based on the latest data that I read, over half of the households in 2022 are going to own a voice control device like Alexa, Google Home, and so forth in just, uh, well, in just three years from now. So, half of the people are probably going to start purchasing online, and you better be prepared for that. Good point. All right.
1: Well, Brad, what do you think? You think we? Um...
0: It was a good show. It's a good show. So definitely appreciate you being on Mario. This is a lot of fun. Covered a lot of good stuff. I, I'm always fascinated by the content angle. Um, at the end of the day, this is a WordPress show, right? And uh, WordPress is all about publishing, content management. So it's really kind of <laughs> the heart of what we're what we're doing here, whether you have a store or not, right? So. Uh, definitely some fun conversation. So we kind of like to wrap the show up. Um, just talking about a little, you know, something maybe that's coming up in the event you might be going to or, or anything like that. Anything on the uh, horizon there,
2: Mario, for you? Uh, so we are working on some tooling for something that's extremely fun. And we are probably going to release it open source soon, even though I don't want to commit with specific timeframes. But We're going to need
0: a date. We're need a date from this,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: At a time. Uh,
2: yeah, let, let's make it for for next year so that we have at least three or four months to to say that. But but essentially soon, probably over the coming couple of months, we are working on with some open source libraries on a screenshot testing tool that helps you refine your website or keep tra- keep tabs on your website before and after deploy, before and after update, and so forth. And for WooCommerce users. It's really tricky if your prices suddenly disappear, or your checkout button disappears, or something else due to an unexpected updating. Anything on top of your website. So what this do? Even though it's a little bit more techier at first, we are going to work on dashboards and all that jazz. But at first, it's going to be something that you can set up on a five-dollar-a-month server or a other kind of host solution. Uh, register a bunch of pages and say. Run screenshots like every single day or every five days or whatever it is. Just configure it. And then create screenshots of those pages that you've selected. Next day, it runs the same screenshots, overlaps the images, makes image recognition, says, hey, I see that, say, 99% of your page is the same, but there's 1% missing. And then you can open the screenshots and say, oh, look, my social media icons have disappeared or my checkout box has disappeared or the price has surprisingly changed or something like that. So it makes it really easy to cure your website uh, with you know just a couple of minutes every single day when you wake up and have your coffee and just scroll through whether something has gone wrong on your website, as compared to just forgetting about it and losing money or uh, you know wasting a lot more time actually browsing through thirty products on your website, making sure that everything is intact. Wow!
0: Looking forward to that. Definitely keep us posted. Um, I love you know automated tooling stuff like that. Anything you can. Uh, you can do from an automation standpoint when it comes to testing around deployments and QA. I mean, can save not only a lot of money but a lot of uh, resources, team headaches as well. So headaches for sure. Yeah, sounds like an interesting, interesting idea. Definitely keep us posted when it comes out. We'll we'll take a look at it for sure. Yep. Uh, what do you have coming up? You the you survived the marathon.
1: Yeah, I survived the marathon, and now I'm buried. Of course, I'm broken record here. I'm buried in. Um, speaking of automation, God, I need some seriously. I I'm splitting up my site. I've actually started on it. So if, if you look at bobwp.com, is now totally WooCommerce focused, and my other site is going to be more around content marketing, which is basically all the other stuff. So I've I've discovered that of the thirteen hundred posts that have survived on my site over the years that you know about 400 are woocommerce focused but the other amount i have to actually go into each post and decide whether i focus it on woocommerce move it over what do i do to move it over do i update it all this stuff and then gutenberg is somehow doing weird things to my um my excerpt every time i export and import so i have to go in and clean it up so it's a long process and as much as i hope to have it all done by the end of this month um Uh, A chunk of it will be, but it's, it's, so I'm continuing to do that. And it's, I'm in redirect hell. And um, what can I say? It's just, it's, it's a crazy, it's, it's in a way it's kind of, it's an interesting experience because I've never done this. I mean, it's one thing to move a site, but another thing to split up a site into two sites and it doesn't quite, you know, it's not just a knife down the middle and leave it there and they fall apart. So, so, fun stuff, but yeah. I, I'll survive.
0: Well, you know what they say. Half of all websites end up in a split, right? Yeah. 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 No, no. That's all. Yeah, that's whatever. Well, I'm, working, I'm trying to perfect my dad joke game here. I don't, that was, <laughs> but you know what? That does sound like a really good piece of content that you could put out when you're all done about uh, – what you learn, the process, what you do differently, you know, and how you ended up with, with games split up. So yeah, Yeah. um, we'll look forward to that one once you're writing again, but very cool. I don't, I don't have a lot coming up. We have our big uh, annual company retreat next week in Georgia. So our whole company is going to fly in and hang out for a week. So I've been really focused on that. Um, So looking, uh, looking forward to seeing the whole team We're distributed as you guys probably know. So um, this is always a big event for us to get together and have some FaceTime and, Uh, do a little bit of work and a lot of fun. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be a fun week. So looking forward to seeing everybody next week. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my, uh, my horizon there. So, um, so let's wrap it up. I do want to mention, uh, don't forget, we have the Bob's hosting special 50% off your first two months at Woo managed hosting over at liquid web. Just use the promo code, Bob WP woo, all one word. Bob W P W O O, and you can get half off the first two months of your hosting at liquid web for WooCommerce. That's a pretty awesome deal. Take advantage of that. Bob, anything else
1: I forgot? Nope. I think you did it. You, you know, I'm just going to let you do this every episode now. You're so good at it. You know, I got a uh, Mac for it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Mario real quick.
2: Where can people find you online? Uh, MarioPeshev.com uh, what's it, dot com? Yeah, it was. Oh, <laughs> .com you can find the social links to Twitter, LinkedIn, Quora I have a daily Instagram with my pieces of wisdom and a bunch of other places, YouTube as well but yeah, Twitter and LinkedIn I'm mostly spending my time on and again you can find everything on MarioPeshev.com
0: Awesome. Definitely check out uh, Mario's site. Check out his content. Look him up on LinkedIn. Cora, it's some really great stuff. Some really insightful stuff, especially around the uh, running a business, which is what I'm very much into as I run my own business. So, Bob, you're just Bob WP everywhere, right? That's yeah, how they yeah, are. just that's it. That's it. <laughs> Bob no need to be. Yes. And I'm Williams BA everywhere. So look us up online. Let us know how you like to show what you like to talk about, and we will see you again in a couple weeks. All right. See you. <laughs> All righty. Good show.